0: Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Jason Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Father God, I thank you and praise you, Lord, for this time. Open up our hearts, Lord, to receive your word. It's bread, it's manna, and right now we need that word. We need to be encouraged and uplifted, Father God. It's practical. We can use it this week. Lord, your word is also seed planted deep in the good soil of our hearts, and it produces life change in us. It grows us from the inside. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Teach us what we need to know and prepare us for what is coming in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today I want to talk to you about that Jesus has already won and the work has all been done. When Jesus was up on that cross about 2,000 years ago and and even happening this week, as he was up there and the Bible says, knowing that all things were now accomplished. Say all things. Knowing that all, how many things were all accomplished? All of them. He left nothing undone. These words should resonate deep in our heart. To have it settled once and for all that the work really is finished. and just a few seconds, a few verses later, the Bible says that he said with his own mouth, it is finished. When he finishes things, it really is finished. And I want you to know that Jesus set out to battle some things. He was battling sin. I want you to know he won. He was battling darkness. He won. He was battling Satan. He won. He was battling death. He won. He would resurrect three days later. He was battling the grave. I want you to know something. He won. He was battling sickness. Our savior won that battle. He was battling poverty. I want you to know Jesus won. He was battling depression. He was battling addictions. He was battling defeat. He was battling regret. I want you to know that every battle our Jesus faced, he won and he accomplished in that moment all things. And it's such an important thing for us to settle deep in our hearts that it's already been done. Here's the problem. Satan's going to come and lie to you. He's going to come and tell you that, well, God's not going to bless you. You know, you haven't done enough. You haven't been good enough. You haven't paid enough of a price that God is going to heal you. He's going to say, God's not listening to you. And then sometimes we hear things like, well, God, why aren't you listening to me? Lord, why don't you heal me? Lord, why don't you bless me? How come you're not giving me your favor? These are lies from the pit of hell meant to keep your prayers ineffective. Here's what you need to know. God has already blessed you. He has already healed you. He has already decided that you deserve it. He has already made you righteous. He has already called you. He has already justified you. He has already glorified you. He has already prepared a plan for you of goodness and favor for your destiny. Somebody say amen. It's already been done. He spends so much time in the the word Showing us that these phrases are all in the past tense. And sometimes we think, well, I've got to do something to get God to do something. As though he's reluctant. As though God were withholding from us. Listen, while we were at our worst, our worst behavior, while we were yet sinners, God gave to us his very best. It says in the book of Romans that he did not withhold his only son, but gave him freely. And if he wouldn't withhold his only son, how much more will he truly give to you all good things? And the the Bible shows us so many times this past tense, it's already been done. Why? Because God wants it settled in our heart that the work, all things have truly been accomplished. I want to show you in Deuteronomy chapter 28, it's a phrase, a scripture that many Christians go to and know quite well. And it says this in Deuteronomy 28 in verse 1. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all peoples, all nations on the earth, and all these blessings will come on you. How many? All. All. And will accompany you. Now, I like the the one version of the Bible that says overtake you. Those blessings are going to overtake you. This is what our God wants, but then it says if you obey the Lord your God. It started out with an if. If you fully obey all the commands that the lord gives you today this is the old covenant the old covenant was different than the new covenant when jesus died he changed everything about this landscape and under the old covenant that moses brought down from the mountain this was the agreement if you do these things then you'll get blessed And what we found out, it was quite impossible. In fact, no one was able to fully obey. And because no one was able to fully obey all the commands of God, then no one was able to fully access all these blessings. And so here's what Jesus did in the new covenant. He was the man or the human on behalf of all mankind who fully obeyed. He fully obeyed all the commands that God gave. He accomplished and fulfilled and unlocked the key to this blessing that anyone who would believe in Jesus would have access to this inheritance, that I would be blessed in the city and blessed in the country, that I would be blessed when I come in and blessed when I go out. Let me show it to you so clearly in Romans chapter 8. And this is what it says, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. And here's the revelation. The law was that law that was going to get you blessed. But it says it was powerless to do what it was sent to do, was to bless you. That's what God wants to do. He wants to bless his people. But it says it was powerless weakened by the flesh. In other words, man's flesh could not allow him to access that blessing. Now watch what God did. Because the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did. Say did. So already done, God did it. He already did it, which means he already unlocked this blessing for us. Now how did he do it? By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And he condemned sin In the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us fully met the righteous requirement of the law means fully obey do you fully obey all the laws of the lord well here's the reality that righteous requirement has already been met in you not because you did it, but because Jesus did it. Just as sin entered the world through one man and therefore all sinned through that man, Adam, so also the one man, Jesus, righteousness entered the world that anyone would believe in him, all that believe would be fully met that righteous requirement and be called and declared righteous, which means every blessing in that scripture is yours. This is just one of the amazing battles that Jesus fought on your behalf, and that if he already did it, then I can promise you this, because God's promising it, and he who promises faithful, that if he already did it, then all the blessings are already yours, already stored up for you, they cannot be taken from you, and God is not Changing his mind, he has already decided. I made breakfast for my kids yesterday morning. I got up early and I, I, I made Swedish crepes. Now, my Swedish, if you, if you haven't tried my Swedish crepes, we make them down here at the church every now and then. People get an opportunity, they're amazing. I'm just telling you right now. Gordon Ramsay was there that day and he said, these crepes cook perfectly, that's what he said. Okay, so maybe I'm embellishing, but my kids, I made them bacon, crispy bacon, I, I there's I made them a blueberry compote. Oh my gosh, I'm really good at this too. I actually boiled some blueberries, put some sugar in it, I put a little cornstarch in it, made that thick syrup. I made an elaborate breakfast with whipped cream. It was incredible. I set everything out. Now can you imagine when they all came and woke up and they came out, it was about nine o'clock in the morning, what if, what if Matt began to make himself a bowl of cereal? What are you doing, Matt? I gotta make myself some cereal because nobody made me breakfast. What if, what if Logan had been sitting on the couch going, I just wish my dad would make me breakfast. Why won't he get me breakfast? I don't know why he's not giving feeding me the way. That wouldn't make any sense at all. It was already prepared. I would say, look, it's already here. God is saying the same thing. I love what Pastor Kelly said during ministry time. He has already prepared a table, a banquet in the midst of your enemies. It's already done. We just have to taste and see that the Lord is good. We just have to recognize that that thing that God has promised us, it's already reserved for us in the heavenlies. It says this in Ephesians chapter one and verse three, He has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. We don't have to ask, will God bless me? I hope that God blessed me. No, no, he has blessed. He uses this language for a reason. He wants you to know it's already finished and it's already yours. You have already been blessed. You have already been healed. You have already been made an overcomer. You have already been set free from addiction. You have already had depression removed from your midst. You have already been called, glorified, justified. God has already done it. We don't have to ask him for things that he's already done. Now that doesn't mean we don't still ask because we know that we ask and then we receive. James says you have not because you ask not. Well why would you ask God to do something that he's already done? It says in the book of John in chapter 12 that Jesus said God glorify your name. And God answered him with an audible voice. He said this, I have already glorified my name but I'm gonna do it again. It's such an interesting uh, scripture for us to learn from. It's okay to ask God for something he's already done. God, will you bless me? He says, I've already blessed you, but I'm gonna do it again. God, will you give me favor? He says, I've already given you favor, but I'm gonna do it again. God, will you heal me? I've already given you healing, but I'm gonna do it again. David said, anoint me, Lord, with a fresh oil. You know he had already been anointed but he said i want it again i want a double portion i want even more it's okay to ask god to do things that he's already done in luke chapter 17 and verse 12 jesus entered a village and the bible says there were 10 lepers who saw him from afar and they called out to him master have mercy on us what well, Jesus said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, if you were a leper, you didn't go and show yourself to the priest unless you had been made clean. So as they began to walk towards that, they were stepping out in faith, believing that it was going to happen, that as they went, they were made clean. In fact, it was some distance away that one of them said, hey, I'm healed. And he went running back to say thank you to Jesus. And so here's my point. When Jesus spoke it, it was already done. It was already accomplished right when Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest. That miracle, even though they couldn't see it, was already released to them. It was already theirs. And sometimes we're not seeing it. You might say, Pastor, you're saying I'm blessed, but I tell you what, I don't feel very blessed. Everything comes hard for me, it's not working for me. Pastor, you're saying I'm already healed, but you know what? I still have all the symptoms. The doctor report came back bad. It doesn't look like anything's changed. What I'm saying is, is Jesus promised it, and the key is to believe that you have received it. Believe that it's already done. And as you ask to believe that it's already been released to you, that maybe you don't see it yet, but it is coming. That freight train of God's goodness has already left the station and it's on its way to you. And you might look at your skin and you might say, well, I don't see anything changing, but just know this, it is on the way. Even though you don't see it, it is working. And so, you don't see it yet? Listen, that job is coming. And there's been people here, I know, I'm know. i sure that there's people here who have, have been, had their hours cut and having a tough time. Listen, ask God today, believe him, trust him, that financial breakthrough is coming. Don't be discouraged. God will just give you a better job with better wages, with better hours, or he'll even unlock that business that you've been wanting to have. God will do something great in this thing. He can turn this thing around for you. You you want restoration in your family? Just pray and ask God, and he'll already release that restoration. Listen, he's already released his favor to you. God has already released that that peace that passes understanding. There's some people here today that you've been dealing with anxiety and and fear. and You know what, turn off the news, turn off the fearful voices in your life and listen to what the Lord is saying to you today. You have not been born again a new spirit that gave you a spirit of fear, but you are born of the spirit of God, one that is of power and love and a sound mind. Fear is leaving your mind today and that fear is being driven from your life. What am I saying? I'm saying, that God has already released the miracle to you. And you might not see a big difference right away, but it is coming. Depression is leaving, insecurity is leaving, F- addictions are leaving. Freedom has already been released to you from every addiction that tries to have a stronghold in your life. On January 13th, I was it's my birthday by the way. Did you know that January 13th is my birthday? So, well, mark it down. So. <laughs> it was my birthday on this last year and what's every every january 13th but this last year as well and i got a ring at the doorbell and I went out to see, and it was an Amazon package. And I love Amazon. I don't know if you use the Amazon, but I just love it. You get, to get a little doorbell ring, and you're like, ooh, I got something. Sometimes I forget what I ordered, but I'm excited. you know? Oh, it's light bulbs, so whatever. But this one was a big box, and I thought, hey, hon, did you order like a big something? She goes, no. I went to pick it up. It was really heavy. I was like, are you sure you didn't order some big, heavy thing? She goes, no. And I, sometimes I order things for my cars because I'm always fixing up cars, but, but it wasn't something for my car. So I open it up, and out comes this huge, beautiful speed that's Bluetooth and it's got all these features on it. It's got like a subwoofer in it. And I looked it up. This is a $400 item. I was checking to see who ordered this. Did one of my kids accidentally order it or something? I thought, well, maybe Christian in Seattle, sometimes he uses my account and maybe he accidentally shipped it to my house. But there was no order history on this thing at all. Then I thought, well, it is my birthday. Maybe somebody I don't that I didn't leave a card or anything sent me a birthday gift. People know I love music, maybe it's just a birthday gift for me. So I was so happy to have it. I unpacked it, hooked it all up, put it in the bedroom, was listening to some great music. The next day, ding dong, I went and opened the door and there was another box of some things that I hadn't ordered. I opened up the box and went, did you order this? Did you order? I looked at my order history again, nothing. And integrity began to drive me. You better find out what's going on. So I contacted Amazon, and this is what they said. They said, listen, we're having a glitch right now with your account, and you're not paying for these things and you're not ordering them, but they are going to your house. She said this, there are more things coming throughout the week. We can't stop them from coming to your house, but don't worry about paying for them and don't worry about sending them back. It's just too much hassle, you just keep them this really happened on my birthday week. Cause how good is Jesus? I want you to know this every single day when that doorbell rang, it was like this great new, like what I wonder what Jesus sent us today. We'd run over to the door and open it up. What did you, it was like these gifts coming to us. You know, this is exactly what the Lord is doing in your life the things that you didn't even pay for, but they're already on their way. You might not see them, but ding dong, here comes your breakthrough. Ding dong, here comes that Mr. or Mrs. Right you've been believing for. Ding dong, here comes that blessing for your business, that that investor that you've been looking for. Ding dong, here comes that sale if you're a real estate client or agent or that broker. Here comes that loan deal. Ding dong, here comes that favor that you've been praying for. Ding dong, here comes that blessing. Here, Ding dong, here comes that peace. Ding dong. Here comes that miracle for your body. What am I saying? God has already released things to you. They have probably already left the shipping station. You ever do that where you check and you see and it says out for delivery on your orders. I can check that. It'll actually say out for delivery. I want you to know that that thing you've been believing God for stand and don't be discouraged. See, discouragement will rob it from you. It'll keep it from hitting your doorstep. Instead, stand and believe. I believe God. He promised it. And he who is faithful will bring me that promise. I know it's coming. It's out for delivery. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, Blessed be the God of our Father uh, and the Lord Jesus. I'm sorry, let me say it, say it again. Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he gave. Watch this. He gave. Say gave. He gave, not will give, not could give, not might give. He already gave. What did he give? It says this, he gave us new birth into a living hope. A hope that lives It's one that breathes. It's one that keeps going despite discouragement. It's a hope that's alive in you. And that hope comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now that's a big hope. And it's one that won't fail. That is, verse four, and that is into an inheritance. Say inheritance. It says, inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. It is reserved in heaven for you. It's reserved in heaven not for you to get when you die, but Jesus said this, pray that those things that are in heaven would be so on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. There they are for you, reserved in heaven. Why? So that they might be undefiled, imperishable. They're not decaying. It's not wearing out. It's not going bad like strawberries in the fridge. Instead, they are held in eternity for you, waiting for you to believe that you have received them, that you might have them. They are already given. It's already been decided. It's already hit your spiritual account. In Genesis chapter 12, God visited Abraham and of all the things that he decided to bless him with, one of the things that he told him is that he's gonna have descendants. Abraham didn't have any kids and he was 75 years old at this time. And and Sarah was 65. As time went by, maybe 10 years went by, God was visiting with Abraham again. And this is what Abraham said as he was still waiting for this promised child. It had been 10 years. Maybe it was out for delivery, but I tell you what, Abraham after 10 years was feeling like, well, where is it? And this is what Abraham said, you have given me no children. He was talking to God. God, you've given me no children. He knew that children were a gift from God, but he had been, started to believe, and this is what happens to us. We start to believe that God is somehow withholding from us. It's your fault, God, that I'm not getting what you promised me. This is what he said, you've given me no children, so a servant from my household will be my heir. Abraham was discouraged. We don't really hear about this part of our Abraham in the New Testament, but in this moment, he was down. He was discouraged. This is never gonna happen for me. I want you to know this. This is what God is telling us today, that when God promised it, it was already decided. It was in that moment that it became Abraham's. Abraham couldn't see it, but that child was already coming. You couldn't stop that child from being there. In Psalms chapter 107 and verse 20 says this, he sent his word and it has healed them. In other words, your healing has already been decided. It's already happened in the spiritual realm. We're just waiting for it to happen in the physical realm. It says in the book of Exodus in chapter 23 and verse 26, that in the land there shall be none barren among you. In other words, if you've been believing for a child like Abraham, Sarah were, he was saying this, it's already been promised you, you're not going to be barren. Well, God, where's that baby? Maybe that's what Abraham and Sarah were feeling. You haven't given it to me yet. But you know, when Abraham was 99 years old, he really got it. He really got it. It says in the book of Romans in chapter uh, eight, that against all, uh, five, and against all hope, in hope, Abraham believed. It looked like it was impossible. He was hundred, Going on 100 years old, his wife was 90 years old. There's no way this could happen. But yet, he stayed in hope. He finally got a grasp of what it was to believe that when God said it, it was like it was already finished. It was already done, and it was already on the way. And when he was 100, he had that promised child. I have a cousin. Her name is Sarah. She's quite a bit younger than me. When she was a teenager, she had an eating disorder. She had anorexia. It was so bad that she wouldn't eat that she became skin and bones and had to be hospitalized, fed through a tube just to keep her alive. It was a horrible situation for the parents and for the family. And we prayed and we were believing God. It just looked like every day was getting worse. It even came a time where we needed to say our goodbyes because she was about to die. She made it through that process. She lived and she went to a rehab facility right here in the valley, even though she lives in Minnesota. And in that rehab facility, she found Jesus. She got born again. And she got delivered of that eating disorder. And she started to eat and gained her weight back. And and then she got married. Born again, married, life seemed to be going well. But you know what? The damage that had happened to her body, it looked like she could never have children. She wasn't even having her normal cycle. It looked impossible. What she had done to her body was just too rough sometimes we think, well, I've done this to myself, God will never redeem this or restore this. But you know, God will bless your mess. Even the mistakes that we make, you might say, well, I did this to myself, but God will still bless your mess. And she began to believe God for having a baby. I want you to know that about nine months ago, she got pregnant. And yesterday she gave birth to a healthy baby boy. And what looked like it was impossible to the rest of the world became possible to her. And here's the key. In Mark chapter 11 and verse 24, Jesus said this, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, say ask, we still got to ask. Praise God. It's good for us to ask because we're acknowledging that this is power and this miracle is going to come from God through the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. Like it's already done. Can we believe that what Jesus won is already done? That it really is all accomplished on that cross? That when he said it is finished, it really was finished. And every promise that God has ever made is yes and amen, held in an account for you. God, why won't you bless me? I've already blessed you. God, why won't you heal me? I've already healed you. And so we just ask, knowing that it's already ours. I can't see it but I do own it. I do own it, why? Because you, you paid for it? And let me tell you, when those packages came to my house from Amazon, I was so tempted to say, that's not mine, it doesn't belong to me. Why? Because I didn't pay for it. I think that subconsciously many times, God's bringing you the good things. He's, he's moving you towards his goodness and blessing in your life, and we're rejecting it because we're saying to ourselves, well, wait a second, I don't deserve that. I didn't pay for it. I didn't earn it. We can't do that. We have to instead say, Jesus fully obeyed. Jesus fully paid. He fully accomplished. He fully won it all for me. I'm just trusting in Jesus. And because I believe in him, God the Father has made me brothers with Christ and joint heirs with him. That everything that belongs to him now belongs to me. He got what I deserved and I'm getting what he earned and paid for in the name of Jesus. We're not trying to get God to release it, but when we we pray, we say, thank you, Lord, for my healing. I believe I'm already healed. Thank you, Lord, that you've already provided that healing for me. I receive it in my body in Jesus' name. And then you speak to that mountain. Body in Jesus' name, be healed. Thank him for it, praise him for him, and let his power begin to work in your life. And then stand knowing that that miracle has already been released to you. There was a man in 1972 named, let's Varenne and he was a man from Finland. He was a 23-year-old police officer. He got into the Olympics in the 10,000-meter run in Munich, Germany that year. He was an unknown. Nobody had ever heard of him. It was his Olympic debut. He got out there and started running, and he tripped up about halfway through the race. 10,000 meters is about a 30-minute race. When you fumble and stumble in the Olympics, let me tell you, it's over, because those races are decided by tenths of seconds. But he got up. Him and another guy had fallen. The other guy was one of the favorites picked to win, but they'd both stumbled him. The other guy ran for two laps and actually just quit. But this guy, he kept pressing, he kept moving, and he moved his way slowly up until he became a contender again. And wouldn't you know it, he took the gold, he won the race, and believe it or not, he set a new world record for that race that year. When I was watching the video, I wanted to see where he stumbled. It was this old 70s looking video. And sure enough, you see him fall and tumble and it was a bad fall. I want you to know that when I saw him fall, I wasn't hit with anxiety. I wasn't hit with nervousness. I wasn't worried, oh no, how is he gonna win now? I already knew the outcome of the race. I had read it. I was already studying the story for this message. I was like, well, I'm not worried. Of course he won. He stumbled, but he's gonna still win. I just wanted to see how he would win. It should be the same thing for you and I. When Jesus was walking towards that cross, I want you to remember, he stumbled. He was carrying the cross and he stumbled as he was walking up to that hill. But he got back up and he kept going. And I think that was a picture for us. I think Jesus stumbled on purpose just to show us, it's okay, you might stumble, but you're still gonna win. Jesus knew he was still going to win. Listen, I've read the back of the book. I've read the end of the story and I want you to know something. As a believer in Christ, you win in the end. The victory is already yours. The key is when you fall down, don't feel like it's hopeless. Just remember, oh yeah, Jesus already won. It's already done. I'm just playing this out to see how God's going to work a miracle in my life. I'm just running this race. The only time we quit, the one fellow that quit after two laps, the reason he quit It's impossible, it's hopeless, how could I ever win? Don't do that. When you stumble, maybe you fell back into addiction or maybe you got a bad report or maybe you just lost your job. When you stumble, when you have a fall, you get back up, you keep racing, because here's what you know for sure. Jesus has already won, and the work is already done. I know that God has victory for me. And no matter how bad it gets in the time we live in, or how much the storm rages on, I know that my God shall work out all things to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And that's every one of us believers. I went for a bike ride, and, uh, you know, I can't, I can't uh, go to the fitness center and do the, the bikes anymore. I used to ride the bike 20 minutes as often as I could, but the fitness center's closed. So I, I called my buddy, Pastor Steve Hage, up the other day. I was just like, hey, how's things going? And we we're just kind of catching up. And like to talk, He goes to the gym every day, that guy. So I was like, so what are you doing for the workout? He, he goes, I've been riding bikes. I was so excited to tell him. That I ride bikes too I was about to get it out of my mouth and he goes yeah me and my wife ride the bike 32 miles a day he goes now did you say you ride bikes too I didn't want to say it well yeah oh how much are you riding Four, four miles a day. <laughs> I was pretty proud of my four miles, I gotta be honest. It was like It's like 23 minutes bike ride, but you know, I'd been doing it, so I asked my wife, I said, you should do the bike ride with me. We go up to the canal, and we ride the canal uh, back and forth, and then uh, I, I just, I just keep seeing people, by the way, on the canal that are you guys, so I'll be like, hey, Pastor Jason, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Jessica, you know, it's like all these people out, out, out and about, and so I'm riding the bike with my wife. I got my bike, and then she's on Matthew's bike, and uh, off we go. They're both mountain bikes, but she's just like way behind me. Of course, I ride a lot, so I was like, "Oh well, you know, I'm like, felt pretty good about how good a shape I was." But she was way back there, and I was like, "You know, come on, let's go." Like, I wasn't really getting a good workout because I had to keep waiting for my wife, and and I f- felt bad. And then at one point, she stopped. She actually got off her bike and she was just standing there. So I did, I rode my bike back to her. Are you okay? Yeah, she's breathing really heavy, and I thought, "Wow, well, we did this a couple times. I thought she would get better." and but we kept riding and then i thought well maybe i'll just ride by myself but the fourth time that we went out on the bike ride she said can we switch bikes i said sure what do i care you think Matt, i'll drive, i'll ride matt's bike you ride my bike so here's the funny thing that happened it was the exact opposite this time she was way ahead of me and I couldn't catch her. This bike was a piece of garbage. It would be, you could not hardly ride it. I, was, I had to stop and get off and I would just, I'd be panting. I'm like, <gasps> <I> felt, <laughs> it wasn't her. It was the bike. So we have named these two bikes now. One bike we call the new covenant bike and the other bike we call the old covenant bike. Listen, too many Christians are riding the old covenant bike. You think you have to do the work. You're pedaling so hard and it's taking you forever to get anywhere. And you're pedaling the idea that God is mad at people, that people aren't doing enough. They're not praying enough. They're not earning it enough. You're pedaling the idea that God is withholding blessing that he's withholding healing. Jesus never went to anyone and withheld goodness. Never once did he say, I'm sorry, I can't heal you because you are still in a test. I can't heal you because you aren't serving God. He never did that. He always gave the Lord's goodness. And Jesus said, I only do what the Father does. I only say what the Father says. He showed us God's heart can't pedal the old covenant anymore Jesus paid too big a price for us to live that way get on your new covenant bike the new covenant bike is God has already done the work you still got to pedal a little bit it's so good for us to respond to God's goodness with our good behavior with us serving us loving people and us enduring and persevering and us making right decisions and being led by the Holy Spirit and not by our flesh but not because we're earning God's goodness no no just know this. Jesus on that cross, he accomplished all things. He already paid it all. And if you'll do this, if you'll settle in your heart once and for all, the healing's already mine. The blessing's already mine. Favor's already mine. He is marching ahead of me and giving me success. He is already leveling the hills, straightening the paths. He has promised me long days that he would fulfill in my lifetime. He is blessing me and my children and my children's children. He has made me righteous. He's called me. He's justified me. He has glorified me. He has already decided to lavish me with his love and goodness and peace and mercy and strength in Jesus' name. And if you'll do this, I declare over you, you will walk in a new level of God's goodness. You will begin to experience that things aren't hard, but they're coming to you easy. You will find that miracle has already been released to you in Jesus' name. And if you receive it, shout out, I believe it, or do your windshield wipers or blink. Praise God for you guys. You guys are so much fun today. Well, thanks so much for tuning in today. And don't forget about our daily Bible study. You can just go to YouTube and type in daily Bible study and find us doing morning scripture prayer every day. But right now we want to say a prayer with you. Uh, If there's anyone that's watching this that's never received Jesus and you're not sure what eternity looks like for you, if you were to face eternity, you can have that secured right now because the good news is God gave his one and only son as a free gift for your salvation. You just put your faith in Him. So repeat this prayer after me. Dear Father God, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. And Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God who died for sin and rose from the dead. Be my Lord and baptize me in your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, find a church, find something close and get in church. Be there every single week, we need to be under a new message, and we need to be around some new people. God bless you.